Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! Thursday, June 4th edition of Harp on Sports, the bar, Harp on Sports, the podcast. Okay, I'm going to run down, of course, all the platforms like we always do, where you can hear, um, where you can check it out, where you can watch all of those things. Of course, HarpOnSports.com, at HarpOnSports, Twitter, at HarpOnSports, Instagram, uh, HarpOnSports YouTube channel. You know where all of these are by now. At least I hope you know where all of these are by now. What do we have in store for you today? Well, you know, we spoke on Sunday. And when we spoke on Sunday, the last time we were able to chat, you know, we talked about the riots, things that were going on, um, and, and basically said, you know, at this point when it comes to listening, being smart, being intelligent, when it comes to everything that's going on. And unfortunately, in the last four days, we have seen a 180 on some of these things. And look. The, the things I have for you today circle in and around everything that's going on culturally. Jake Fromm's flub, Seminole scuttled, and Breeze blitzed. Be smart, be intelligent, be a good person. Those three things can put you in a pretty safe place, an intelligent place. I've heard a lot this week. Of people saying, oh, this is such a difficult discussion. It's so it's difficult. This is a difficult conversation. It's the same thing when people say, what am I supposed to tell my kids? Look, if you can't talk to your kids and you can't have difficult discussions, you shouldn't have kids. You shouldn't. Shouldn't be a parent. Well, you know, it's it's difficult. It's tough to have these discussions on the air. I know sportscasters won't talk about these things. They're cowards. They're cowards. Should quit. If you can't have difficult discussions, if you can't be an adult... And have meaningful, difficult discussions, then don't do what it is that you're going to do. Could you imagine a doctor going around and going, you know, it's difficult to perform surgery. I don't know if I can do this. I'm just not going to do it today. We talk for a living, but you can't talk. You want to have a parent. I want to be a parent. I want to have children. What am I supposed to tell my children? Call social services. Tell them to come take your kids from you because you're not, you can't handle it. These are the, yeah, the tough discussions, yes, but they are necessary discussions. And, with that, the Jake Fromm story first. You know, texts pop up from 2019 where he made a statement in regards to making firearms so expensive only elite whites can own them. I've always tried to teach, or at least I've always tried to explain to people, imagine that your boss is on one shoulder and your boss's boss is sitting on your other shoulder and watching your moves Would you do it? Would you? Everything and anything that you say can come back to haunt you. It can. And maybe it should come back to haunt you. The Jake Fromm story, and this is what I find so interesting about this. When it popped up, when anything pops up like this, whether it be Jake Fromm, whether it be something that somebody's done in the past, the whole cancel culture, that, oh my gosh, you did this two years ago. Oh, you did this five years ago. Oh, you did this 10 years ago. Mm. Man, you never know when something that you did in the past is going to come back to haunt you. They're going to use that. 
yet when an African-American male is shot and killed or choked to death, the first thing that people do is go back in their past to see what they did. Oh, has a criminal record. You know what they did four years ago? Wait, what? So you can post something on social media. Get in trouble for it. Yeah, they'll dig into your past. They'll find out things that you did in the past and it'll come back to get you. But if you're an African-American male and something happened, it, it's, they expect to go back and find those things. Oh, you saw what he did back in 98. You know, he's no, no choir boy. Did you see the dichotomy of those two things? Isn't that, isn't that so interesting? That what you post on Twitter, oh, can come back to haunt you. Don't do it. Oh, I can't believe this. I didn't mean it. That was taken out of context. That was years ago. But yet when somebody is shot and killed, minority or a individual is choked to death. Well, you know, they weren't, they weren't a choir boy, weren't an altar boy. They got in trouble a couple years ago. You know, they've got, they got a, they've got a record. Very convenient, isn't it? Oh, so convenient. So, you know, Jake Fromm, should he be in trouble? Yes. Is he going to lose his job with the Buffalo Bills because of it? Mm, probably not. And what's interesting about this is Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, just came out 24 hours ago and said, NFL doesn't have a race problem. NFL doesn't have a, a, a race issue. NFL doesn't, NFL doesn't have a, a problem with racism. 24 hours later, one of its quarterbacks, Texer made public in which he said things that were racial, racial, uh, racially uh, insensitive and wrong. So now what? Now what with Jake Fromm? Do you cut him? Do you? I don't think it's going to get to that point. He's apologized, said he was sorry. Okay. And here's the thing. If you've said something racist and wrong, maybe it should come out. Maybe it shouldn't stay buried. Maybe it should burn you. Maybe it should. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect because I'm not. Who is? But not racist. And if I say anything racist, or if you can find I said anything racist, I should lose my job for it. Why not? Be a better person. Why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you lose your job if you say something racist or racially insensitive? I used to do this when I was in Georgia. I used to tell listeners that in order to find out whether or not you're important or your job is important, go on social media, say something racist. If you keep your job, your job's not that important. It's not. How can it be? So, Jake Fromm, what should happen to Jake Fromm? Should be suspended. Absolutely. I'd suspend him. If I were the Buffalo Bills, I'd come on and say, you're suspended until we figure this out. Until we investigate this. Can't do it. When you say, make guns so expensive that only elite whites can own them. And that leads to a culture issue at Georgia. You had Justin Fields that left quarterback at Georgia to go to Ohio State because of alleged racial slurs that were said, what, by baseball players towards him? And now you've got Jake Fromm talking about making guns so expensive only elite whites can own them? Oh boy. Oh boy. So Kirby had a little bit of a problem in Athens. Jake Fromm may be gone. This is where you got to be thankful that Jake Fromm is gone if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. Because if you were still there, you'd have a nightmare on your hands. You would. You'd have a nightmare on your hands. From Kirby... And Jake Fromm to the seminal scuttle in which you have a current player that comes out and says, Mike Norvell said he reached out to everybody personally. Um, That didn't happen. That's a lie. Mike Norvell, the new head football coach at Florida State, replacing Willie Taggart, who, of course, was fired, basically run out of town and left for dead after, what, 13 games? One game after losing to Boise State, they wanted to run him out of town. 
So now you have the new head football coach of Florida State that players are saying, lie. he never reached out to us individually. Then Mike Norvell comes out and says, you're, you're technically you're right. I sent a text out to everyone, but individually I didn't reach out to them. Well, he lied. He lied. People are calling out people for lying now. The Twitter police, the social media police, the personal police, and even small things. Like, well, I technically didn't. I, I, I said I reached out to everybody. Just tell the truth. Bad week for liars. Bad week for racists. So how big of a deal is this? Well, the Seminoles essentially scuttled their own ship here. Because you have a current player that comes out and says, hey, look, our coach is a liar. <laughs> so that's just internal conflict, isn't it? That's just pure internal conflict. How do you shake that? Uh, they say that they're going to clear the air. They're going to get this figured out. And again, don't lie to people. Don't lie. Now, this may be on a small lie or a small mistruth or just something that was just very, 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 very minuscule in the grand scheme of things. It's just a bad look. And now you're defending yourself. One thing about this cycle, at least this week in terms of sports figures and everything that's going on, is that it seems that every five hours, somebody else comes out and does something new. I mentioned Vic Fangio a minute ago. Vic Fangio was the big story Wednesday morning. Drew Brees came along Wednesday afternoon. The Mike Norvell Florida State story came out Thursday morning. And by Thursday afternoon, you had the Jake Fromm story. Who's next? Somebody's coming up Friday. Who's going to do the racially insensitive thing heading into the weekend because that person sometimes can sit there and sizzle for 72 hours can cook on the grill for a while again at this point in time do the right thing be smart well you gotta watch what you say i always find that so insulting so you gotta watch what you say gotta be careful what you say not if you're a good person you're not a racist you don't i don't have to worry Except you got to be careful what you say. No, I don't. I don't have to be careful at all because I know I'm not going to say anything like that because I'm not a racist punk. I'm not going to say anything absurd and ridiculous. Well, you got to be careful what you say. One time I hear anybody say, you got to be careful what you say. What I take away from that, what I deduct from that, what I deduce from that is, hey, I'm racist. I've got to watch my P's and Q's. Oh, you got to be careful what you say nowadays. Not really. Not if you or a genuinely good person. If you're a racist or a homophobe or a bigot, you got to be careful what you say. But not if you're a good human being, you don't. This for Jake Fromm. This for Mike Norvell. One, expressed his opinion. Said what he said. Yeah. Remember, the First Amendment says you can say what you want. Doesn't say there aren't consequences from it. Says you can't be jailed for it. You can go out with a sign and say anything racially insensitive you want. You won't go to prison for it. Now, you lose job for it. First Amendment doesn't guarantee job placement. If that were the case, nobody would ever get fired for swearing at their boss. You go and cuss at your boss, you, can't, you couldn't be fired. Think about the logic behind that. It's absurd. People that don't get it don't know they don't get it, right? So, the lesson with Mike Norvell isn't necessary. Mike Norvell is not a racist lesson or a racial lesson. It's an honesty lesson. It's an honesty lesson. Mike Norvell is an honesty lesson. The lesson behind 
Jake Fromm is, I didn't use the N-word. I didn't say, I didn't use any racial slurs. Yeah, but just because you didn't say a racial slur doesn't mean what you did wasn't racist. One of my good friends, Gil Jones, who I worked with in Savannah, he and I would always have this discussion. Gil's one of the smartest promotion guys I've ever met. What's up, Gil? I would always talk to Gil. I say, hey, man, look, the word thug is just a, the, a word that white people use in substitute of the N-word now. And it's true. Look at it. Oh, white people can be thugs. Yeah, go, go and look and see the last time somebody called a white dude a thug was. <laughs> and now people are doing it. It feels so forced. Like, oh, look at look at that. Look at that young thug. Look at that thug over there and his white dude in a tank top. It's like, good try. Force feeding that one. You know what you meant. You know what you mean. You got caught. Mm. Um, And also, again, you can lock your car keys when an African-American walks by. That's racist. It is. Why, why would I walk by? So, again, for these two aspects, I haven't got to Drew Brees yet. When you hear somebody say it's a tough conversation to have, well, then maybe you shouldn't be on the radio or you shouldn't be in media if you can't have tough conversations. Publix is hiring. Uh, it's tough. I, you got to be careful what you say. Not if you're a good person and you're intelligent and you're smart, you don't. The people that got to watch what they say are racists and homophobes and bigots. Right? Now to the third tier in all this, which is the Drew Brees tier. He got barbecued. He got blitzed pretty bad for not being able to read the room. And should he have gotten blitzed? Yes. Well, it's like you can't even have an opinion. You can't support the American flag. It had nothing to do with this. He interjected. Well, look, see, as I will always support the flag. I it's nothing to do with the flag. Colin Kaepernick was nothing to do with the flag. It was to raise awareness. He just used the flag as a diving board. Diving boards have nothing to do with being able to swim. This is I, I was trying to craft an analogy, or at least a thought process, when it comes to the flag and kneeling for the national anthem. You not being able to jump off a diving board doesn't mean you don't know how to swim. Colin Kaepernick... Taking a knee is the equivalent of not jumping off the diving board. Doesn't know he doesn't mean he doesn't know how to swim. And with the American flag, it was a way to get attention. He got it. And Drew Brees, again, I'm not going to tell people what they should say here, because you're giving people an out. Here, here, here's how not to be racist. Here's how not to sound like a bigot or a homophobe. Here's how not to. Well, if you don't say anything and now you have coaches calling people out, well, if you stay silent on this matter, you're part of the problem. Well, if if you stay silent, you're not part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are. And I circle back and I go back to the premise of all this, which is, you know, people are uncomfortable and people are uncomfortable because they don't know what to say and they don't know what to say because they don't want to put their foot in their mouth because they have these thoughts and these feelings. And when it comes to those thoughts and those feelings, if you do keep silent, are you part of the problem? You're not part of the solution. You're not. It's like people the other day, Tuesday, blackout Tuesday. Look, I changed my social media to a black picture. It's worthless, worthless and meaningless meaningless and worthless 
you would have been better off to go hand out coffee to people cleaning up riot ripped apart areas that at least helps somebody out. Your black picture on social media is meaningless, worthless. It shows solidarity and it shows that it's slacktivism. Thank you, Dale Jackson, my former colleague in Huntsville on WVNN. Slacktivism. I support the troops. Change my Facebook profile picture to a bald eagle. Doesn't mean you support the troops. It means your picture on Facebook's a bald eagle and you want people to think that you care. You may care, but it doesn't mean anything. Me. When people put on their social media a black picture on Tuesday, you know what that signaled to me? Somebody saying, hey, look, I'm not racist. That's what those black pictures were. I'm not racist. We're not racist. Our company's not racist. Here's what we're going to do something. We don't know what to say or to do. So here's a black screen. We cool. That's what that was. At the station, I program ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AMWRF. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put that black picture up. Why? To show solidarity. To show solidarity. Instead, we made a post of the different charities and the different organizations that you can fund. Because that actually provides information and helps people. Black screen doesn't. Black screen makes you... It's like when you mow the yard and you look back at it. Look what I did. I mowed the yard. I weed whacked. That's what it was. Don't do that. Don't. It's a bad look. Slacktivism at its finest. With Drew Brees and the slacktivism and, and the American flag and what this has turned into now. Well, what do you say? He supports the flag. Yeah. There's things that I do and say there's just an appropriate time and a not appropriate time to it, right? The way that you talk with your wife when you're alone is probably different than the way that you talk to her parents. Chances are you've said things to your wife that you wouldn't say to her mother or father, right? There's certain times you say things, certain times you don't. Drew Brees loves America. I love America. I love everything she stands for. You can say that, not now. I guess you can't say what you want anymore. Not if it's insensitive or racist. No. One guy's gotten away with that stuff for about three and a half years. You can't. And neither should you. And eventually he won't either. And as we wrap this up, just something I hope somebody does. I don't know when they're going to have the opportunity to do it. But I hope somebody does this. Journalists, when they have a chance, a reporter, when they have a chance to sit down and talk to Donald Trump, ask him this. Over the course of the week, you said you've been 100% okay with peaceful protests. Rioting, not a fan. I get it. It's criminal. It is. It's criminal. You should be charged and arraigned. Protesters, no. Rioters, yes. So I would ask the president, you know, you've talked about peaceful protests, peaceful protests. You support peaceful protests. Mr. President, looking back on it now, what are your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick taking a knee? Somebody needs to ask the president of the United States that question. You've been in support of peaceful protests all week long. Looking back on this now, what do you make of your comments about Colin Kaepernick three years ago? Mr. President, what would you say to Colin Kaepernick today? 
Somebody's asking that question. Because if you say, I think you should stay in for the flag, then you're not for peaceful protests. You're for protests that you feel that you like. That's the million dollar question. Please somebody ask that man that question. Ask the president that question. Somebody. Looking back on it now, Mr. President, Colin Kaepernick's protests. Peaceful? Quiet? What do you make of them now? You're a big fan of peaceful protests. Harp on Sports, the podcast network, harponsports.com, at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, uh, Harp on Sports. I took the Facebook page. Uh, you can listen to the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, uh, boom, 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 Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout. You can check out the link in bio and all of these things as we do our Facebook Live videos. Right now in our podcast twice a week, going to ramp those up going forward. So there we go. In case you missed the podcast, you're watching it on Facebook Live, want to go back and listen to it, you can uh, via the Harp on Sports Media Audio Network. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Take care. Look forward to speaking with you soon. Again, this has been Harp on Sports The Bar. I'm Seth Harp on the Harp on Sports Audio and Media Network.